Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode. You may recall previously we had an episode with a lady called Kim Hamer from London around 100 cups of coffee. So I'm delighted to say Kim's back with us today to speak about a a slightly risque title, slightly provocative. Let's try it on. Kim, very warm welcome. Thank you, Paul. Hello, everybody. And uh, right, okay. no apologies for repeating that because I like its suggestive nature. Let's try it on. Start the dance, Kim. Start the dance. Well, <laughs> so when I, um, you know, was sharing a bit about this subject, it, it, it came from something that happened years ago. I mean, I've been involved in in coaching in various forms for a very long time, both being coached and, and being a coach. And I remember one of my coaches you know, confronting me with something I, you know, I was quite uncomfortable with and I can't even remember what it was. But there was this this moment where he just said, just try it on. It's a bit like a jumper, you know, just try it on, see how it fits, wear it for a bit. And if you don't like it, take it off and you try something else on. And I thought it was just such a great, um, a great way of taking the heaviness that sometimes comes from from when we're challenged with with new new ideas or new behaviours. Just try it on, see how it fits. I like that, Kim, and I'll tell you one of the reasons what came through to, to me there, listening to you say that, was around the creative use of metaphors. I mean, this could take us, this conversation, for the benefit of the listener in terms of potential learnings, how powerful metaphors can be in our life. Because as, as tribal people, and I know a lot of people have a, um, a bit of a, a reticence towards that word tribal, but as you know, we like to gather round. We like to be, you know, be told stories. We like to share stories. And I think one of the very simple ways of doing that, being creative in our storytelling, um, is the use of metaphors, isn't it? And I, and that felt like you know, let's try it on. You use the jumper, the jumper context. If it doesn't mm. fit, take it off. I mean, what a great metaphor for life. It is, yeah. I, I I remember at the at that time, it just gave me this um, this freedom to 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 actually try on what he was saying. Um, you know, I've used it in other places uh, in in life. Sometimes they're you know huge life decisions, but other times you just go, you know what? Let's just you know in Australia we talk about just having a go, have a go at stuff. Um, mm. But it there's nothing that talks about the end of that process you know what if it doesn't work out and trying it on I think gives us a an opportunity to trial stuff and end it if it doesn't work out and I think that's really important when we're testing stuff out in life um, I think the other thing I really like about try it on um, the expression of trying it on certainly when I grew up was about pushing the boundaries mm. so oh she's trying it on so there's sort of a double-edged 
um, sword, I guess, for me with the, the jumper analogy, but also the, the pushing boundaries. Yeah, and, and that's why for me, Kim, it makes it a great metaphor. I mean, I'm kind of, I know we uh, we said we'd talk about, you know, who I'm, who am I, and and we will do. Um, but I think as is the way in a conversation, um, you know, we we kind of what met on air off, off air, sorry, five five minutes before we actually started pressing uh, recording buttons and what have you, and just sort of said, well, what we're we going to talk about, and and I share this with the listeners. From a perspective of, isn't this this a true reflection of life that you could stand at the bus stop or be in a shop or and just talk to a total stranger just to for whatever reason, and the next thing you find yourself talking about who knows what, um, and that exchange of en- energy. Hence, that's you know my sort of well warm welcome, Kim. Start the dance. Um, I mean, you know, start the dance. Isn't that a metaphor as well? Because here you are in London, here I am in Spain, Kim. Well, how are we going to dance physically? <laughs> well, yes, physically that might be a little challenging, but we can certainly have a, a conversational dance, I think. Yeah, um, and the commonality there, I think, whether it's physical, emotional um, or what have you, is that exchange of energy, isn't it? It's an exchange of energy, albeit in a different form. I think when we speak, and I think there's great insights with this as well, that when we speak, we can be quite emotional with people, even if it's a stranger at a bus stop. You know, I've, I've, I've sat there uh, or stood there, sorry, a few times and sort of just been minding my own business and then, you can tell that people are having a strangers are having a conversation and then within no time at all they're exchanging quite yeah quite sensitive stroke intimate um stuff you know about what's going off in the life and and i just i just think that's amazing and it brings it back to that we all want to be heard don't we we all want we to be heard and we've all got a story i think i've quoted this before kim some like to shout from the rooftops Martin Luther King, I have a dream. <laughs> and other people just want to be nice and quiet and share it in private. Mm. And there's no judgment between those potentially two polarised situations. They are, the commonality yet again is, I have a story to tell or a message to share and I just want to be heard. And I think that's really, uh, you know, really insightful, Paul. I'd, I'd add a bit more to that and saying, it, we want our true selves to be heard. Yeah. And life doesn't always give us those opportunities. Sometimes it takes um, being quite brave to do that. Um, uh, you know, a lot of my friends, <laughs> it's quite funny, comment on the fact I strike up conversations with people like everywhere. And when they talk to me about it, I go, you know, the strange thing is, is that I don't talk for a lot of the conversation. And uh, just recently, someone someone said to me, you obviously create a space of, of trust, like a safe space for people to be heard. Um, and that really resonated with me. I thought I'd never, I'd never thought about it like that before. I just thought I must have a friendly face or something mm. like that. But, you know, I think we all, we can all underestimate sometimes um, how our, how the way we are, um, the way we be, if you like, just creates an, an energy in the world and it just impacts others by being who we are. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And it is that, you know, I know it's a massively overused word 
particularly in the world of personal development, this authenticity. But it is, isn't it? It's be, just be true to yourself. And, mm. you know, that self-acceptance of not everybody's going to like you, approve of you. Um, and that's absolutely fine. It's normal. It's healthy. Um, it's, yeah. But it, we, we struggle that uh, with that as human beings, Kim, don't we? We really struggle yeah, with that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we like to be liked. Yeah. However much we say we don't we like to you know we're we like to belong as you said before mm. you know at heart we're tribal and we're um you know biology uh, biologically psychologically we're wired to connect mm. so having people connect with us feeling heard being liked all of that i think wraps into this innate sort of desire for connection in whatever shape it is some people like to connect at infinitum and all over the place um, and others, you know, like more intimate connections, um, maybe more spaced out connections, but you know, it's all there. I don't think we can ever, what's the saying? Um, no man is an Island. No man is Shakespeare. an Island. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, was it Anthony Robbins, the, uh, the world renowned coach alluded to it when, when we was on about sort of what you were saying there came about being liked or loved. And, um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing now, but um, Robbins was alluding to the fact that no matter where where or who we are in the world, we, um, as human beings, we all have two fears. Every single one of us, to varying degrees, have these two fears. One is, I'll never be good enough. And two is, I'll never be loved. Mm. Um I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're quite sort of big sweeping statements, but uh, I think once you start stripping the layers back and start peeling the plasters off, you know, it's, it's an exercise um, that I've done on more than one occasion, Kim, and um, I'm, from that initial scepticism of making big statements like everybody in the world, hmm, okay, um, yeah, I've, I can't actually personally pick holes in it anymore, much as I'd like to, that sort of uh, <laughs> disruptive, contrary part of my nature. <laughs> so um just want to move on to a couple of metaphors, uh, Kim. I'll, I'll certainly yeah. share one, um, and I like this one personally. If we're driving along in our car or in our bus or whatever, whatever vehicle it is, on a journey, metaphor for life... And we keep looking in our rear view mirror, metaphor for living in the past, what would happen? We'd crash. So why do we spend our lives looking behind us all the time? But we do, don't we? We do. Yeah. Mm. And then we wonder why we, you know, why we keep hitting hurdles and we get stuck and, you know, things keep keep happening to us and we just go round and round and round. So I'd like to offer that one, Kim. Have you got one you'd like to share? Because I've got another one, um, you know, a metaphor. Well, I haven't got one that comes to mind, but I think in, in relation to looking in the rearview mirror, I think what you say is absolutely true. I think part of it is that um, the way our, our brains can only deal with what it already has, what it already knows. So it's the brain's not actually a creative thing. We have to feed it if, if we want it to think about things that haven't happened or things it hasn't experienced because it's only gathering information on the here and now, the mm -hmm. here and now, the here and now. So, you know, I think the first thing is, is that our brain is wired 
to keep playing back what it already has unless we feed it something else. Yeah. I think the second thing is, um, and I do a lot of this work in um, my coaching around um, thriving in uncertainty, we we love certainty. We love to be sure. Um, we like to be safe. That's that's sort of the human condition. So, and where what do we know and, and what is safe, regardless of whether it was a good or a bad experience, what we know and what we're certain about is the past because it happens. We know the result, all of that sort of thing. So I think it's um, part of, um, I, I guess, a, a, a not so much a metaphor, I'd like to say, is um, creating something different in the results you get from life is really about learning to live with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Learning to live with not being sure, every nothing really has an answer, everything's a question. And that's really, um, really challenging for a lot of people, but it is a muscle we're not taught to build. And that's a nice segue, Kim, into um, the second metaphor I'd like to share. Oh, good. If the winds <laughs> of life are not blowing in our favour, maybe we need to change our sails. Mm, I think that's, there's a, a another um, way of putting that, I guess. And I was quite early in my career and I used to work for a dairy company. Um, and this one of the, the dairymen that would come in and collect his milk and then take it all out in the morning and that sort of thing. He came around to my office one day and he gave me this piece of paper and it was this whole uh, list of sort of lessons. But what it basically said was that if you keep getting the same lesson, you haven't learnt it yet. Mm. So if, if you're still, you know, to, to link that to your metaphor, Paul, if the winds are blowing you in a certain direction and they keep blowing you in a certain direction, then may, then what's the lesson in that that you haven't learnt yet? Is yeah. it to change your sails? Is it to um, look for, you know, there's something being given to you. If you approach it a bit like that, there's a lesson in there somewhere. What's the thing that I can take away or I can learn that might help me with something else? And we don't always know what that is. That's the difficult thing. That's the unsure piece. But... You know, I think that's a, it's a lovely metaphor, actually, because often we lose sight of the shore mm. as well. Yeah. And that can be really disconcerting. So whether it's the winds of change are making us sit still in the sea or we've lost sight of the shore and we're just in the middle of the ocean without sight of the, of the destination, they can be really uncertain times. And I think all we can do is look for what can I learn from and what can I grow from right now how do i just take even a small step forward yeah isn't it as also kim about embracing and you've alluded to it you've kind of flirted with it already the the uncertainty because that's where new things by definition if it's uncertain mm. it's uncertain for a reason it's because you've not been there or you don't know or you're not experienced it's not mm. tried and tested so if you've not been there too much and you've not tried it and you've not tested it, how do you know what little gems may or may not be in that experience, whatever that yeah, may be? Yeah, I was. Uh, you're, you're so right. And I, for a lot of my life, I was someone who never tried anything new unless I thought I would be good at it. <laughs> I didn't just say yes to things. And that's something that's changed over the last... 10 years or so, it's about um, 
saying yes and then working it out. Mm. So I recently climbed um, Mount Snowdon uh, in Wales uh, and it's the highest mountain uh, uh, in England and Wales. I have never climbed a mountain before. I went with 13 other women. It was by far the hardest thing I have ever, ever done. But I am so proud that I did it. And I, I did it by just saying yes to someone in April. Yeah. And yeah. It wasn't on my radar at all. So, you know, yes is a really powerful word. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Just it's all right. when, when you was when you was uh, telling the story there about Snowden, it just just brought memories flooding back. It's um, it's something I've done twice, and I've also done the Scarfell. We did the three peaks, you know, for a, a charity, uh, well, the Salvation Army uh, for a drug, yeah. drugs epidemic in uh, southern Russia, and uh, we did the three peaks and walked the five hundred miles in between in eleven days. Um, wow! Yeah, many moons ago, many moons ago. In those days, Kim, I had a fringe and uh, a waistline. <laughs> well, you're not inspired to do a three peaks again, Paul. Um, I'm sure our listeners would would love to hear stories from that. <laughs> I absolutely never say never. I mean, you know, like I say, the uh, the ears got a lot thinner and uh, the waistline's got a not a lot fatter, but it's um, yeah, it's a bit more comfortable. Let's put it that way. But in terms yeah. of the spirit. <laughs> The spirit now, and yet again, isn't the learning in this has grown immeasurably to the point where if somebody, you know, somebody asked me that question with a modicum of seriousness, Kate, then I wouldn't hesitate. You know, mm. am I uncertain about it? Massively. Because yeah. <laughs> although it was, when was that? That was 97. So that was, yeah, 97. Um, so that was what? 22 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd jump in. I'd jump in and do it, definitely, and I wouldn't. I'd worry about the consequences later because it's that uncertainty again, isn't it? Mm, mm. And I think the other thing it, it really taught me too is that in our group, so I only knew two of those other 13 women. Uh, we were fundraising uh, for the school where I'm a governor and, and a lot of the conversation was around, like I, I kept saying, I've never done this before. I've never climbed a mountain. I'm... You know, I don't want to do something that's that's so hard. It's just a, an awful experience, but I don't want to take the easy road either. So when we were talking about which path we'd take and, and, and how we'd do that, you know, I, I had to rely on on someone who knew me to say, I think you'll be okay. You're reasonably fit. I think you'll, you'll cope. Mm. Um, because I had no way of of judging it for myself. It's yeah. It's that complete uncertainty but being able to say those three little words i don't know or please help me you know i think that new new only happens in a vacuum so new experiences and and new ideas only happen when there's space for that to happen and if, if we don't make space if we don't ask questions and say i have a space i don't know can you help me you know i think that's that's really important when you're building the, um, I call it the mastering uncertainty muscle. Just try it out. Try it on. Just try. ask for help. Yeah, try it on. Mm. Yeah. Try it on. I love what you just said there, Kim. Those three little words. I love to hear those four words. Those four words about those three words. <laughs> <laughs> 
those three little words because this is a great conversation sparker as well. I love to say to people, what do you think are the most important three, three little words that are ever spoken? So what would your response to that be, Kim? I think the most powerful conversations I've ever had um, have been around, I don't know. Obviously, there's an, the I love you. I think they're three very important words. And I've, I've been in the practice of saying them to some people in my life, all my life, but not to others. And it wasn't because I didn't love them. It was because that just wasn't a pattern of behavior that we had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I was talking about building muscles before. That's another muscle to build. You know, I was uncertain about the reaction I would get. Um, you know, one of, one of the examples is, is my dad. Mm. Um, it wasn't uh, something we grew up saying. I knew he loved me, but we didn't actually say it to each other and it's only in the you know in the last 15 years or so that i've made a conscious choice about about saying i love you whether we're on the phone or we see each other or in an email because i just wasn't in the habit before and i think sometimes and there's there's nothing wrong with this but but life happens we get into habits and and sometimes this this questioning this i don't know gives us an opportunity to step back and go I really don't know. Mm. And that gives um, an opportunity for us to reassess what we do. It gives us the opportunity to connect with other people, to allow them to contribute to us. And it gives us the opportunity to grow and learn. And I think the, I don't know, um, there's something um, very humbling. I think about saying to somebody, I don't know, could you tell me more or could you help? Um, Because that's where we grow, both of us. Straight away, those three simple words can disempower the ego immediately. They disarm the ego immediately. I don't Mm. know. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to thank you, Kim, actually, on a humorous note, for whispering those, well, not whispering, but vocalising those three immortal words. I think it's a bit early in the relationship, but, you know, I think when you get to nearly 60, you take any compliments that you can. (laughs) And... um, Probably best wait till we do a third or fourth or even a fifth podcast before we kind of reaffirm those. But I, I take what I can get at this moment in time. Okay. And, <laughs> and thank you accordingly. Um, <laughs> the reason I mentioned that question is it was something that we mentioned Tony Robbins and I had the, um, I've done a couple of podcasts with uh, with a guy called Jim Britt who was Tony's mentor um, for five years. And, and I asked Jim the same question. We, we kind of got into this, I don't know how, um, but, you know, we, we somehow got into it. And I said, okay then, Jim, the three most important words in the world. And, and as we've just done in this exercise, Kim, you know, things come up, um, whatever they may be. And, and the obvious one, I love you, came up. And, um, and nope, neither of those. He said the, the most three profound words... Or let it go. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, on the surface, well, what does that mean then, Jim? Let it go. Mm. What does it mean? And it's and I think it's kind of encompassing, Kim, what we've already spoke about, about how mm. we're 
fear driven into clinging to the past safe yeah okay i've done this so many times i know what to do it holds no surprises so the past becomes our best friend don't want to dip my toe too much into the future although it excites me that takes me onto into uncertainty but actually isn't the reality that that uncertainty that vibrancy that energy that dance is absolutely in the moment because yesterday's gone and tomorrow, to quote a well-known uh, song, is out of sight. And it, it brings me back. You were talking the metaphor before about the, the winds of yeah. change. If they, if they, you know, if you're stagnant in them and that sort of thing, it's about letting go of trying to control. Yeah. Letting go that you know. Yeah. How this will go, because actually our past is not a great informer of how things will go, is it really? I mean, we cling to it, but. You know, we've we've done a podcast before, for example, and we got on this one today and we said, well, what are we going to talk about today? And then we started. Who knew? Who knew that that this is where the, the dance, as you call it, would take us? Um, and it's, you know, I could have tried to kind of go, oh, I want some messages to come across. or But there's something uh, really energizing about just letting it go trying on what you have to say, seeing what what happens, what emerges. And I think, when, you know, when you use that analogy of the winds of change and they're not always in your direction, sometimes there's a lesson to learn. Let go that you know what the lesson is. Maybe yeah. it's something else. So, I, you know, I think, you know, I wasn't struck by let it go at first, but the more I talk about it, I can, I can see the power in that. Yes, it's... Um... It does take, I think, it, you know, it does take a little bit of thinking about, but not too much. But, no. you know, for some of the reasons you've mentioned, Kim, when, when it does soak in, it's like, yeah, wow. You know, why would I cling to X or Y or Z or A, B and C? It's, but we do. And that's, you know, you mentioned something earlier on about habits. We, get, we are creatures of habits, aren't we? Unless we've got that awareness to know that, hang on, I keep making the same mistakes here. And why am I not happy? You know, why is this going off in my... Why is it always me? Nobody else seems to keep getting this problem over and over again. And then, you know, it's very easy to slip into that victim mode. Poor old me. Um, and it's about breaking that cycle and that habit, isn't it? Um, which kind of takes us back to the, the beliefs influence our thoughts, our words, our actions, our values, our habits... And ultimately, the outcome that we um, that we uh, end up with. Exactly, exactly. I think there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for. I, I often say um, to people, family particularly, um, if you want something to change, you have to make space for it. Yeah. Mentally or physically in your life. So, I was talking to someone quite recently who has been single for a very long time and, um, you know, came out of a, a divorce and all of that sort of thing and has a very full life. You know, she really loves the, the stuff she has in it, the friends she has, all of the things she is doing. And she started to talk about, you know, I'd like to meet someone, but she did acknowledge that she'd have to make space for that because her life's so full. Mm -hmm. But I think even the fact that she's starting to articulate that that's what she wants, there's, there's just she's just created a space in her mind and in her conversation about, hmm, that's, that's maybe what I, what I want. So there's something about um, if we want something new, 
we need to create some space for it and not just keep, you know, doing more and more and more of the same thing and, and being busy at stuff. And yet again, Kim, that's the power of conversation, isn't it? You know, even and I'll say conversation with self as well. And people say, well, yeah, but Paul, I don't talk to myself. Well, you might not verbalize it, but you're talking to yourself every <laughs> second of every day. Um, and so why not verbalize it? All people think I'm crazy. Well, they're going to judge you anyway. So why do you bother? <laughs> that is, you know, the reality of for, for, for the vast majority of the population anyway, across the world. Um, it's a trait of human nature. Not one that I personally agree with, but it doesn't matter what I think. It's it's the way it is. And it's about having that detachment, isn't it? To, uh, which kind of nicely, but actually not so nicely, Kim, because we're running out of time. But I think yeah. what, we, um, <laughs> what we said we was going to talk about, that elusive three-letter word again, who am I? I mean, wow, we didn't, we didn't pull that one in with I don't know, I love you or let it go, did we? Um, no. No. <laughs> But um, note to self, Paul, because we was going to talk about that. That's kind of how we'd left it last time. But I think, you know, to say it again, Kim, doesn't this show the power of conversation, living in the moment, the enjoyment, the exchange of energy? You know, for me, I can only sort of take ownership of my half of this conversation for the last 30 minutes or whatever it's been. Um, what a totally enjoyable experience. I agree. I agree. And I, you know, that it's interesting. You come back to that, who am I question? And maybe the, the thing to take from this is that we, maybe we don't even know ourselves. Maybe who we are is, is about saying, I don't know. And it's okay to keep exploring and growing and, you know, not, not being fixed about about who we are. I appreciate there are probably some values or some, you know, particular things that are real strongholds for all of us. But you know, I'm I'm not the same shape of person, physically or emotionally, um, as I was when I was twenty. Mm. You know, and I think it, you know it's that balance, isn't it, of the who am I that we want the certainty with versus the who am I, which is about let's try it on. Yeah. And what a beautiful, beautiful way to end the dance, Kim. Or, the, or should I rephrase that? As we start to walk off the floor, we haven't finished yet. So okay. um, how can we get in touch with you, Kim? People want to know more about you, the, the work you do. What's, um, what's, what's the contact details? Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll have to spell it out for you because I have all sorts of strange spellings. So my name's Kim Hamer. So that's K-Y-M. H-A-M-E-R, and my business is Artemis Futures. So you can contact me, Kim Hamer, at Artemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S, futures.co.uk. Excellent. And um, as per listeners, the, uh, the the contact details will be in the show notes. So um, just to finish off then, final question, as I always, I can remember this one kind of catching you a little bit on a ways last time on the 100 Cups of Coffee episode, Kim, um, as invariably it does for first time uh, guests. But I ask you this, one powerful message to leave to the world, what would it be? Just try it on. You can always take it off again. Powerful in its simplicity. And so there we have it, listeners. 
Much gratitude to Kim Hamer for joining us again for what uh, has been an enthralling, totally enjoyable conversation. Kim would love for you to come back and, and we will get this nailed, this who am I? We will do a deep dive on that. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll get sidetracked living in the moment into another conversation, whatever that may be. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you for having me. Okay, no problem. And uh, so there we have it, listeners. And remember, whatever you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.